everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Behind the Blue Crew and Eli. What a winter sports season it was. Oh, yes, it was. And we are going to be recapping that today for you. I'm sorry that we have not got a podcast. It's been a, it's been a hectic couple weeks just with school and stuff, but we'll definitely try to pump some out for you by the end of this year. Let's kick things off. You're listening to Behind the Blue Crew on Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts. So let's look back at the winter sports season that it was. Now, who should we start with, boys basketball or girls basketball? And then we'll follow that up with wrestling and gymnastics. I think we've got to start with the amazing season that the girls had. I mean, 30-0, and 0, state champs. And, and now, I don't want to say that was, there wasn't really a close game because they did have a close game with Platteville, and obviously the Aquinas game was big. But, I mean, they blew pretty much everyone out. Yeah, you look at a lot of those conference games that they played in uh, January, late December. A lot of those were uh, pretty big blowouts. Uh, but, yeah, you talk about them being 30-0. and And actually, going into this year, there were two teams, Mineral Point and Randolph, who went 31-0 and in D5 that broke Cuba City's record for most wins in a season. Both Mineral Point and Randolph finished the season as undefeated state champs. So, definitely, not just a season that's going to go down in the Mineral Point record books, but in the WIAA record books. Yeah, and certainly, and I think the girls, like, just their bond as a team was just, I don't think we've ever seen it. They, they take, gotta watch their TikToks, great TikTok page, and their coaches were awesome for them, and they really just had a bond that I don't think a lot of teams get to experience throughout their high school career. It was, it was something special. Yeah, and that really, I feel like, is something that flies under the radar a lot. But you look at the importance of it's not just the skills of the players, which obviously every single girl in that starting lineup was skilled and could turn it on when they needed to, an example being Ella Chambers in the first half of that championship game that they played. But, you know, you look at just everything came together with that team, the skill, the will to win, uh, the effort they gave at practice, and then just the team chemistry and bonding. You know, the girls on the bench were always involved, and that was just such an important part to their season. Yeah, and like you said, the girls on the bench, they didn't care if it was them out there or their regular five that they had out there. They just wanted to win just as a team, whatever it took. Didn't matter who was scoring. And if they came in on the bench, they would give a spark and exactly what the starters needed. So it was, it was a really great team. So now let's take a look back at their playoff run. So the playoff run started with a small conference matchup, taking on the Darlington Redbirds for a third time at home in the regional semifinals, pretty big game against a Swall opponent. And you know, it's tough to beat a team three times. Right, and then especially a rival like Darlington. I mean, you can never count that game out, no matter how much by how much we beat them by in, in the regular season. I mean, it's Darlington in the playoffs. Yes, you were at home, but you, you can never count that out. And they certainly didn't look past that game at all, I don't think. And that's a really important thing is this team really didn't look past any games. They took every game as it came. Now, going on to the next round, another team close to home, an SWC matchup against the Lancaster Flying Arrows. And, well, Lancaster did give Mineral Point some trouble in the first half. The Pointers were able to eventually pull away en route to a regional championship, the fourth straight, in fact. I mean, hey, that Lancaster team was good. They had the uh, sisters, I believe it was, was the point guard and shooting. I mean, they were tough. And then, yeah, they just had a bunch of other key pieces. That, that was a good team. I mean, like, if they don't run into a team like us, I mean, I could see them going to state. Yeah, definitely. You know, there's always the potential to see uh, some major upsets in the WIA playoffs. But 
Now moving on to the big game on Thursday night at Richmond Center High School in sectionals in the semifinals, you know, back and forth all game, but eventually, you know, Mineral Point got up pretty big early second half. Looks like Aquinas wants to come back a little, but luckily the Pointers were able to pull it out. Oh, that was a great game. I mean, just packed. Every Mineral Point fan was there, and if they weren't, they were watching it online. Just ranked number one and two the entire year. Most anticipated matchup. I mean, it really should have been the state final. It felt like the state final. Obviously, you had to win more games, but everybody pretty much knew whoever won that game was going to come out on top that year. Yeah, and that was just it was insane, you know, being in that atmosphere, you know, looking. It was an absolutely crowded gym an hour before tip-off, and there wasn't even a JV game because it was playoffs. People were there to get a good seat to cheer on their teams, both Mineral Point and Aquinas, but the Blue Crew was so loud that night, and that was just such a great atmosphere, and I feel like that really carried over into the rest of the boys' playoffs and the rest of the girls' playoffs. The show-up and the turnout from the student section was just absolutely insane, and it's something that the team really, really appreciates. But then moving on, uh, that really busy weekend in Pointer Sports, one of the most exciting weekends in Pointer Sports in a long time. Uh, that Saturday afternoon in DeForest, Mineral Point grabbed their second sectional championship in a row, taking down New Glarus by 20 points. I mean, hey, that was a good game, but like we should, I think we should have beat them by a lot more. I mean, if you go back and watch that game, we missed a ton of layups. I mean, it didn't look very promising going into state, but that New Glarus team was good. We had an earlier matchup with them in the year, and it was a 10-point game for sure. So, I mean, we both teams knew what they were going in there to expect, and it was a good game. I mean, yeah, who knows if one of one of New Glarus' better players, I think, actually had an injury going into that game. So if that would not have been the case, New Glarus definitely would have uh, – put up a much better fight against Mineral Point. But once again, it was just really evident that the Pointers had the ability to pull out a late game win. And now heading into state, the Pointers got the one seed after getting a lower seed last year. Uh, and they definitely proved it with the undefeated record conference regional sectional champs, including a win over a very highly ranked, very good acquaintance team with some players that are heading to college. Um, so first up in the playoffs at State, Mineral Point had to face Westfield. And, you know, Westfield, they make it to State, but Mineral Point able to win pretty handily and move on to the championship game. I mean, if you haven't seen their shot to go to State, it was absolutely insane. I'm pretty sure they were down two with like a two seconds left, and the girl grabbed it and football passed it into the hoop. I mean, it was insane. That's to go to state. I'm pretty sure she was a senior, too. I mean, that's a shot she's going to remember for the rest of her life. And they came up short against Mineral Point, obviously. But that was a heck of a shot to just get to state. Yeah, and I remember, you know, it was really interesting that night seeing that shot by Drew on social media, just being like, dang, you know, this, this might be a team that we have to play at state. You know, obviously, once you get to that level, every single team is really good and every single team is going to put up a fight. There's a lot of stuff that you might not see all season long that comes out at that point. But then heading into the state championship game, a matchup against Laconia, the one versus the two, if I'm correct, and Mineral Point, you know, they really fought in the first half, were able to keep it around 10, and then just ride their momentum to the finish line. But big props go to Laconia, a really young team that is going to be a huge player in Division Four over the next three years. Same with Westfield. I mean, both of them were young teams. But, yeah, talking about the state championship game, I mean, they were. I think they started four freshmen. So I mean, it's, hard, it's hard to win with four freshmen, even if they do have a lot of talent, just because of the lack of experience. And I'm sure 
I, I mean, I would have got nervous under that big crowd and everybody's cheering for you. You know, it's your last game of your year, so you just want to give it everything, but it's a little nerve-wracking. And obviously, Mineral Point being as highly ranked and undefeated as they are, it's got to be a little intimidating for Laconia, but they, they did put up a fight, and it was, it was a good game. Luckily, Ella Chambers was insane, so that didn't hurt. But, yeah, it was, it was, it was a really good game. Yeah, and just having the rest center crowd back was an absolutely great experience for all of the girls and all of the fans, you know, uh, season getting canceled the year before and then having to play a season at lacrosse, which Monroe Point uh, did when they went to the state championship game uh, that year before. But it was just such an insane run. The crowd was absolutely spectacular in all of those games. Uh, now, I mean, yeah, like you said, Mineral Point was really just able to bring everything together that they needed at the end to have that run that they wanted. Um, so, fantastic season by the girls. But let's talk next year. How are we feeling about the Mineral Point girls basketball team heading into 2022-23? I mean, obviously it's not going to have as much hype as it had this year, but I mean, if some freshmen step up and sophomores, obviously, you know, Kennedy Wing and Caitlin Cox are going to do their thing, but if like Ella Kroll, Lacey Lindsay, Bell Waters, if they step up, I mean, I can see this. Uh, they're gonna have to face Cuba, who is young as well too. But I mean, they they have the potential to go back right where they were if they put in the time and effort. And you know, Coach Keys will have those girls putting in the time. So it's truly in their hands. I mean, yeah, you know, they're already putting in time now. But the Swall definitely one of the premier leagues at this level of play. And you know. <laughs> Obviously, first-team all-conference selections for the two junior forward and post player in Caitlin Cox and Kennedy Winger, but you did see playoff minutes from Bell Waters and from Ella Kroll and some solid minutes this season from Lacey Lindsay. So while it will be tough losing out on all that experience, the leadership, scoring, and defense, and the playmaking, so much stuff going away with those fantastic senior class, it's still going to be a really good season. We'll be back next talking about this year's boys basketball season and looking ahead to next you're listening to behind the blue crew. all right welcome back to behind the blue crew next up we got some boys basketball to talk about and eli you know it was really just a season that you know not necessarily expecting to go that well but it was a fantastic year right i don't th- i mean all the hype was around Cuba City going into that year, and obviously we beat them three times. I mean, it was I, I think it was a very successful year just off what were the standards for that team that year. I mean, yeah, and you look at – I took a look a couple of nights ago with the Wisconsin Boys Basketball Yearbook again as I was looking back at stuff from this year, and uh, they had projected the pointers to finish third in the swall behind Cuba City, as you said, and Darlington. And the only thing really that was listed as one of the positives in the synopsis and the prediction of the season was that, you know – Mineral Point, led by guys like Joe Filardo, Leighton Bowers, Bodie Bossert, had a great senior class to help lead. And, you know, uh, everyone besides you, every uh, the other seven guys in the rotation were all seniors, and that had to play a huge part in the success of the team. Right, because everybody knows it's their last year, so they're going to put 110%. Not even, I mean, like, obviously I was putting 110% on the floor, even though it wasn't my last year. But there was a little extra kick to them, you know, just because it's their last year, and they don't want to they don't want to end it without a state championship. And, yeah, they definitely put up a fight all season long. I mean, obviously, you look at their losses, there there were some tough conference opponents from top to bottom. You look at Cuba was a great team. Ultimately, we would end up beating them three times in Darlington. We pick up two wins, even though both of them 
came down to the wire, uh, and then going one and one against Fenimore and one and one against Southwestern. The only other loss before the playoffs coming against Pius from Milwaukee. So pretty solid season, especially in conference play, taking home a share of this fall conference title. Yeah, I mean, we took a share home with a team we beat three times. So I like to think that we run it out right, but. The Southwestern loss was, I mean, that was a tough loss. It was, it was hard to play there at Southwestern. The student section, as a player, you try to block it off, but the, they got to you. I mean, I don't know how else to say it. And then the Fenimore loss, I just, I, I, don't, I don't really think we came together as a team for that one. And it, it still came down to the wire, which just shows the talent we have on the team. But, I mean, it was a bad loss, but we got them the second time pretty handily. The third time, too. I mean, yeah, and you look at the highlights from that game right before that buzzer-beater layup by Fenimore. There was a pretty great three-point shot by Leighton Bowers to tie it up on the fake handoff with Joel Filardo involved in that play. That was really spectacular. That was such a fun game to call. And, I mean, you look at the other fun moments from this team this past season. You had Dominic McVeigh and his two buzzer-beaters practically from the same spot. Yeah, I mean, if we could go down the line on how exciting games came down to the last minute. Um, I think I think we did a count and it was like five or six came down to like the last minute, and we were called the buzzer beater boys for a reason. I mean, we came we came through in a lot of those. Obviously, besides the Fenimore loss, but every other game that came down to the wire, we won, which really which really says something about us. And I mean, yeah, not just like you know coming down to the wire, but this team's ability to come back is something that is really tough at the high school level. You know, you look at college, you look at the pros. Basketball is ultimately a game of runs, and those really great athletes and really great teams, when they get gelling, can go on huge runs, and nothing's really certain until you're towards the end of the game. But in high school, it can be hard for teams to go on big runs and, you know, chip away at deficits. But there were plenty of times, especially against those highly ranked teams like Cuba City, where the Pointer Boys had to come back from pretty big deficits, and they were able to do so. Right. Well, it's easy just when you're down by 15, 20, just put your head down and say, oh, we lost. But not this team. I mean, what was it when we were in Cuba? 16? Down 16 at half. And no one went in there pointing fingers saying, oh, it's your fault. We're down by this much. We all came in there with the mindset that we're going to come out the second half and win. And obviously we did just that. So it, it really says something about this team on how we can come back from big, big, like, deficits. I mean, yeah, and it was just – Huge runs by the team, you know, shutting down the opposition on defense. And then in offense, it looks like, you know, guys hitting it almost automatic. And that was the great thing is that, you know, you look at guys stepping into roles you might not have necessarily expected. You know, there were a lot of times this season where guys like you see Leighton and Dom are knocking down threes. You see Bryce Ackerman at the right before the half in the Cuba City playoff game knocking down two big free throws. You see Bodie Bossert and Joel Filardo hitting some pretty clutch turnaround jumpers uh, close to the basket. So no matter where you needed these guys and when they needed these guys, someone was almost always there to step up. Right. I mean, it's. I, I always think we're like, I would hate to scout for our team. I mean, any player can truly go off at any moment. Obviously, you got the Joa and the Layton that were our two leading scorers all year. All right, so you take them away. That's what Cuba tried to do the first time. And then Bodie Bosser and Bryce Ackerman have the game that they do. So, I mean, it's just really hard to scout for us. Yeah, so then going into the playoffs, obviously, you know, that very close game against Fenimore uh, in the third matchup against the Golden Eagles that season, Dom, Dominic McVeigh would hit the buzzer beater three from the same spot he did against uh, New Glarus a couple months prior to send the pointers 
to the regional championship game the next night where they took down Cuba City, but then ultimately Mineral Point would fall uh, to Onalaska Luther in the section semifinal game at Prairie du Chien. Yeah, just talking about the regional semifinals with um, Benamore. I mean, they they had us they had a scouting report that was tough for us, but we were definitely the better team. I don't think there's any question that I wasn't. I only played like a minute that game due to a due to a back injury, but. So obviously I was going to be very upset if we lost, but I I just think that we were just a ten times better team, and they did have a good scouting report. I will give them that. But in the end, if they would have beat us, they would have looked back at that as a as a really good win for Fenimore, just because they know that we were we were the better team. So now looking ahead to next year, obviously the big story is, like I said, of the eight guys in the rotation, you're the only one coming back. You know, seven of them are gone. It's pretty big shoes to fill. But, you know, something that is really cool about high school sports that you don't really see very often in a lot of other levels is you've got the JV level to contend with. And that JV team this year did go 20-1. and They rattled off 20 straight wins to cap off their season. And, well, there's a lot of returning talent, especially with upperclassmen in this wall at schools like Darlington, you know, you never know what guys are going to come step up from that JV roster and from that bench on this varsity team that could have an impact next year. It's all just a big question mark until we tip it off in November. Yeah, I mean, in middle school, I played with these guys for, what, five years? So, like, I know these guys a lot better than I knew past years, like last year, but I still, I mean, so like you said, they did go 20-1, and and I think they're very excited for this, and I like that everybody's looking past us, again, like they did last year. Because obviously, seven or seven out of our eight guys in the rotation are gone. So obviously, no one's gonna think we're gonna be as good. Like you said, they got the Darlington, the Cuba, the Fenmores in the world who just think we're just not gonna be very good. And I like that. I mean, I I I think we're gonna win this fall next year. If anybody's asking me, but obviously I'm a little biased because I play for that team. But I don't know. It should it should be a really fun year. I think. Yeah, definitely going to be really great to watch this team. A lot of excitement, a lot of great coaching, both with the boys and girls. It can't be understated. So, yeah, really great season by the boys, and we're excited to see what comes next. Stay tuned to Behind the Blue Crew. Next up, we're going to recap this year's excellent gymnastics and wrestling season, both teams heading to the WIAA State Tournament. Stay with us. You're listening to Behind the Blue Crew. All right, we are back. On Behind the Blue Crew now, two more sports from the winter sports season to finish wrapping up. We've got wrestling and gymnastics now on the table, and what a season it was for the wrestlers. Right. Obviously, you want to talk about the only state champ we had this year, and Kylie Ruiz. She, she made, first of all, made it to the first ever girls' state, but not only did she make it, she won it in pretty handily, I would say. So just shout out to Kylie for making history. I mean, yeah, this is such a historic program. Uh, so much more history and you're right it was just sheer dominance by Kylie all the way from her first round to that state title round it was very exciting watching her capture that first ever state championship for the girls in her weight class and now for the boys a great senior class really that helped lead this team to pretty good heights I think finishing on the podium top three at the clash this year and sending seven guys on to the state tournament yeah, that's unreal. Just for seven guys to go to the, and two of them being freshmen. I mean, that's that's pretty crazy to me. Just, I mean, I don't know a lot about wrestling, but just having two guys go to state. I mean, that looks like a good future for the pointers. 
Yeah, you definitely see the good future, but also the good present. Obviously, uh, the great senior class this year, uh, as you saw Bo Hansen and Trapper Novsker go on to state. But you see uh, a little glimpse into the future years. Obviously, we're going to see some great seasons next year from Lucas Sullivan, from Taryn Riley, and from Carson Kroll. But then also, going forward, you are going to see some great wrestling ahead for guys like Cade Rue and Rowan Carey. Uh, so this year, obviously, Carey, uh, Sullivan, and uh, um, Riley finishing second place, getting silver at state. You saw Trapper Novsker in his last year grabbing fourth and Bo Hansen sixth. So really good season for all of these wrestlers. Obviously, you know, very competitive in those dual meets throughout the year and the individual results. So really excited to watch them and really excited to see what's going to come in the years forward. I, I, just, I think we just got to give a shout out to him just for making weight throughout the entire year. I mean, we see him through the hallways. They're grabbing their stomach. They're so hungry. They're cranky because they don't have any food. I mean, that's that's hard. As a basketball player, I have I have very deep respect for them. They got to make weight and cut off like 10 pounds like in one in one day. Like that's just crazy to me. I mean, yeah, and it's tough because there were a lot of injuries that this team faced this year. So you see these guys just at moments notice having to say, hey, you got to cut some weight, drop a weight class to help fill out the roster and just the sacrifices that these guys made for this team. It is ultimately evident uh, in how successful they were also. I mean, we have to mention they were regional champions once again. And well, obviously they did not make it back to that uh, team state championship, they still had a fantastic season. They kept it pretty close with Fenimore when they wrestled them too. Yeah, I mean, they wrestled Fenimore without Trapper due to an illness and Ross due to an illness. So, I mean, and I think we only lost by like two, I want to say. So, and Fenimore went on to win it. So, who would have known what would happen if those two guys would have been there? I'm not saying they would have won, but I don't know. Those two were a key part of our team. So, who knows? Yeah, definitely two big team leaders. So next up, let's talk about gymnastics. So first off, you know, it's something that kind of flies under the radar, as we said earlier, but JV doesn't get talked about that option, but or that often, but we have to talk about the record-setting performance this year by the Dodge Point Iowa Grant JV gymnastics team. I think they broke their record like three times, which I think that's pretty impressive. I mean, yeah, that's very impressive to break any record three times. Uh, and then you see the performances by all of these girls. You see... Uh, for Mineral Point, making it on to state for varsity, at least. Uh, Ashley Baumgartner, who won the Lisa Steger Memorial Award uh, and had some SWC all-conference selections, and Allie Baylor also making it uh, on to state with the team at Wisconsin Rapids. Yeah, I think there was tough competition up at state, but, I mean, hey, you make it to state any year, it's going to be a success for any sport. I don't care what you're doing. So a uh, round of applause to those ladies for making it to state. Yeah, and congrats also to them finishing runners-up at sectionals, and they finished ninth place at state. So I think that just about wraps it up for our uh, winter sports recap. And once again, it was just for all four teams, it was an absolutely fantastic winter sports season, you know, looking at all the accolades that these teams picked up. Uh, you know, obviously, seven guys at the wrestling individual state for the girls, Kylie with the with her individual state championship wrestling team with the regional championship, gymnastics team with the sectionals runner-up, and making it to state boys basketball team with the conference championship and the regional championship, and the girls making it all the way to the state title, clinching the gold ball and finishing their business, not to mention just 
all of the insane individual accolades that all of these guys and girls had. So congratulations to all of our athletes. And now, Eli, we look forward to the five spring sports. Yeah. Um, we got golf, track, baseball, and softball, I believe. So, well, I mean, we obviously have good athletes, as you can see from our winter sports season. So we expect nothing but the best in these spring sports. Yeah, stay tuned to MP Blue Crew for more updates on those sports as they come. And that's going to do it for today with Eli Lindsay and Matthew Gunnan and signing off. Thank you for listening to Behind the Blue Crew.